How's it going, everybody? Charging Buffalo Podcast, we're back. I think it's been about two weeks, two weeks or so. I'm Lucas Buckley, Joe Marino, with me as well across the He's always looking dapper as ever. Professional. It's a professional man we have here. Thank you. Yes, a professional uh, claimsman, I'd say, with uh, the old lizard insurance company, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Uh, it's June 30th. Are there only 30 days in June? Yeah, there is. Tomorrow's July 1st. Tomorrow what is What would July. have been free agency day. Yep. Uh, instead, we're dead in the heat of a Stanley Cup final. This will probably be published right before that is uh, getting underway. The Canadians and the Lightning. Uh, let me tell you something. I The season's over for me. I yeah, don't, I don't I, really I, care. I, I don't care. I have put all of my attention towards the basketball playoffs. Actually, mm. at this point, basketball playoffs are interesting because mm. you don't you don't see like Cleveland or Golden State like the same teams that are in the final every single year. It's like all different teams. So mm-hmm. I'm not watching, but I think that's that's fun that there's some new blood in the NBA playoffs. Yes, it's very exciting when you have four teams who I think like the most recent. Either of the four have been to the final, I think, was 1993, and that was the Suns. Hmm. And the Suns have never won the final. Uh, So it's four different teams. I mean, even if the Clippers have been good in recent years and they have a good team, they've sucked their entire existence. Like, they sucked for so long that even though they've made the playoffs practically every year since 2014 or so, they're still seen as a loser franchise in my eyes. That's just how bad, long they've been bad. But, uh, no, it's a very good uh, – basketball is just a, a fun sport. Like, the other – Monday, I think it was, or it might have been last Thursday, actually, was Bucks hawks Game 3. And the Hawks were just killing the Bucks. The Bucks looked like trash. Until the the final six minutes or so, then the Bucks ran away with it. It's it's you have to play a full forty eight minutes, as they say, to to win a game in the NBA. So, I'm really digging basketball lately. The Bucks seem like a fun team. They do, but I mean, it's all Giannis, and I don't watch in the regular season, but Giannis and Tentacumpo truly carries that team. And they got killed yesterday with him, but then he got injured and. Hmm. But yeah. It's always a good story when a new team wins. It is. It is. Especially in basketball. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now but, you look at the, the Stanley Cup final. Yeah. Uh, two Atlantic Division teams. I was thinking about this. I don't know if we talked about this on the last podcast, but assuming that the divisions go back to normal next season, you got Tampa, a playoff lock. Florida, Probably as close to a playoff lock as you can be. I you can never really trust Florida from a year-to-year basis. But judging off of their performance this year, probably a good playoff lock. Montreal, I'm going to call them a playoff lock or bubble playoff they lock. They should be. Uh, I mean, Cole Caulfield technically hasn't played an NHL game yet, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Technically hasn't played yet. He has more playoff goals than he has NHL games played, mm-hmm. right? Uh, more goals in the Stanley Cup final, I think. Has he scored? No, he didn't score yet, right? That's right. There's only been one game. Yeah, no, uh-huh. I don't think yeah, well, more playoff goals. Uh, no, I mean, when you think about the experience those guys in, in Montreal are getting, they got to be a playoff team next year. Yeah, I think, I mean, they still have Carey Price, who, as we can see now, he can 
turn this play on like a switch. Uh, they got their young players, Suzuki, Caulfield, Kakanyemi. They got the most picks in this draft still. They they've drafted more than any other team recently too. So remember when we did they the got GM guys coming up. Remember when we did the GM draft? I believe so. Didn't or the GM rankings? Yeah. I think it was. Didn't I have Bergevin in like the top couple of guys? Probably. I've always believed in Mark Bergevin. Yeah. They you know they've never bottomed out. I don't mean to pat myself on the back here, or do a humble brag, but I mean I hate seeing all this hate that Mark Bergevin has gotten these over these years because he's always making moves, he's always trying to keep them competitive. And like signed Aho to the offer sheet. That's right. Yes, he's aggressive. You know I think there's there's worse GMs you can bag on. He hasn't. He's really, trying. He's trying. He hasn't. What what were some of the bad deals that he's been ragged for? Uh Duran for Sergachev. True, that's one. Weber for Subban worked out. That worked out, right. And even, like... D- the Domi trade. Galchenyuk for Domi and then mm-hmm. Domi for Anderson. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. trades that were scrutinized, but both worked out. Right, and and they worked out. But even the Sergachev one, I mean, you're you're playing at a disadvantage when you're trading with the Lightning. Oh, yeah. You know, like, they, they, they know what they're doing. Uh, but Also, I don't think anyone could have foreseen Jonathan Drouin falling off no. this hard. No, he was still at the time a good player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, he was always wasn't he always troubled though. Yeah, uh, like attitude he, issues. He and... didn't want to go to the AHL. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, yeah. There, were, there are some issues there. But yeah, Bergevin, like, I, you know, if they lose the Leafs, he's probably out of a job. So that's right. I'm I'm very happy for those fans in Montreal. Of all, you think of the old Northeast Division, right? Sabres fans definitely had beefs with the Bruins, the Sanders, the Leafs, of course. And then uh, who is and, and then the Canadians were the other team. Yeah. What have the Canadians ever done to harm Sabres fans? The Sabres, uh, I believe it was the, the, I don't know. The, the Canadians who the Sabres shocked in a playoff series in the 70s. I think. Yeah, it was the uh, year they went to the final, I think. Yes, yes. 75. And, like, the only thing that the Canadians have really done to wrong us, I feel, is 93. When they won, when, did they win the Cup in 93? They won the Cup in 93, yeah. but they swept the, uh, the Sabres en route to that, mm-hmm. I believe, because uh, that was the May Day year. Leafs go on to face Sabres, sweep us, beat the Leafs, beat the Kings. Yeah. Or no, the Kings beat the Leafs. I, I don't have many Kings memories of to get to the having issues with Montreal. No, or... no, they've always been. And plus, you got to respect the history of that franchise. Yeah. They're not like the Yankees, right? There's a little more class there. They I cheated think. the Golden Seals out of Gila Fleur. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Well, all, all class. No, right? the Canadians knew what they were doing in those early '70s, though. They they would they they actually. Did I say the story Jean Beliveau? Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. You remember the story? I think so, yeah. They, they bought his junior team and made it a professional team so that they owned <laughs> his rights or something. I don't remember the full thing exactly, but no, they knew what they were doing, but they were sly dogs back in the day in order to uh, game the system. That won't work anymore. Keep their young guys. Yeah, so um, no, it won't work anymore, that's for sure. Yeah, well, back to the Atlantic Division teams. Mm-hmm. Toronto, they're still, like, what, whether you like it or not, they're still going to be probably a playoff lock. Boston, I don't know. 
I don't know. Boston might slide out. Mm-hmm. But then you look at Ottawa and Detroit, they're going to improve. And where does that leave Buffalo? And this, I think this makes a case for, hey, maybe they do have to rebuild. Like, even, like, the very small percentage of Sabres fans or even hockey media people that are like, okay, let's let's keep Jack Eichel. Let's try and sign Sam Reinhardt, and let's tr- go for it one more year. Like, it's just not feasible. I just don't see it. It's, they're going to, it's, the rebuild's inevitable. Oh, honestly, I am already under the impression that, especially with the Granado yeah. appointment, they are rebuilding. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he's the rebuild type of coach. Mm-hmm. And we saw at the end of last season how the younger players all seemed to get better. And I know people were, Rick Tockett was a name that got thrown around a little bit, and people really wanted him. A couple of people in my mentions were like, oh, we need a coach that's won the Stanley Cup, and we've been down that road, and like, that matters. Or like Bruce Boudreaux. Okay, they go to sit down with Bruce Boudreaux, and what's his first question? What's what's Bruce asking? Is Jack Eichel here next year? Yeah, and then when <laughs> Kevin Adams is like, probably not, Bruce mm-hmm. is like, uh, I'm going to go be the assistant coach of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Okay, I'm okay. Right. Thank you. Thanks, but no thanks. He, he He's going to be there to make Sheldon Keefe sweat. Yeah. A little bit, yeah. So... And I know people always say, oh, there's only 32 of these jobs, yada, yada, yada. But, like, you can wait. You can wait until next season if you really wanted a job because there's going to be some team that disappoints and then their coach is going to get fired because they're not going to be like the Sabres waiting until it's too late to make a coaching change. Plus, Boudreaux has made plenty of money in his career. He oh, yeah. He doesn't seem like a guy who lives beyond his means. Right, mm-hmm. he has he has analyst work with NHL Network on the radio at least. He's doing stuff, and again, he's a, a free agent coach who should have be on speed dial for plenty of GMs and teams around the league. So, no, I don't think he minds taking another season off. Remember, it's 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 these coaches too. If it's, it's if they want to come to you, so yeah, uh, you aren't going to have exactly the finest apples on the tree to pick mm-hmm. from. Yeah, so Granado's the guy. I'm glad. And it's a three-year deal. I, I said it on Twitter yesterday. I think he's going to be the first Sabres coach in a very long time to live out his contract. Right, and maybe he's taking, or the Sabres are taking, the, the kind of DJ Smith course of action, right, where you, you give him yeah. this contract. Uh, he's the guy who you think, you know, give the young guys a little bit more time mm-hmm. to hone their game on the on the big club as they say, and then he'll be the guy that well, the my, team goes with. My thinking here is they're going to be terrible the next two years. They're going to be terrible next year. Maybe they'll show a little bit more promise in 22-23. Which I have no problem with. After reading about Connor Bedard in the hockey mm-hmm. news, I ain't got no problem with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think the Sabres are going to be in the running for sure. Uh, and then they're not going to fire him after that. They're going to give him a year – when they try and build up and try and make the playoffs and then go from there. I think he'll live out the contract, and maybe we'll finally be done with the coaches being fired every two years. Well, I think if – and again, let's – we're talking about Sabres for management here, so you never know, but I think you are delusional if you're hiring this guy expecting them 
to make the playoffs than the next. Oh, they're not. Three years. But yeah. again, it's Sabres management we're talking about, and they probably yeah. do think they can make the playoffs in the next three years. Well, you know, Terry Pagula thought that the Sabres were going to compete for the Cup this year because they got Taylor Hall, so mm-hmm. who knows? Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you're trading Jack Eichel. You're probably trading Sam Reinhart. You're probably trading Rasmus Ristolainen. You don't have a goalie. You're losing a player in expansion. I mean, where what are they going to do? What? And, like, we, we went through all those teams in the division. They have no hope. They're going to finish in the bottom three. And I, I'm starting to think maybe Seattle might be towards the bottom of the league as well because they brought in Dave Haxtell as the coach. I, that has Jason Bowerell written all over it I as well. I can't think of a more boring, not sexy option. Well, you know who else they interviewed? Joe Sacco. Oh, my God. That's a name I haven't the heard. The former in... assistant coach of the Sabres. What, I think it was when Ron Ralston was here that one year. I haven't heard that name in Joe Sacco. 15 years. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, he used to coach the Avs, I think. Yeah, right? I, I used to laugh because Joe Sackick. Yeah, he's Joe the Sacco. He's the off-brand version of, of the great value. Joe, the great value version of Joe Sackick. Yeah, Joe, Joe Sacco. Sacco. Uh, I think they also interviewed Tockett. A few times, yeah. So they they didn't. I don't think they interviewed Boudreaux. I didn't even see Gallant's name either. I also heard Tony Granado for Seattle. That's interesting. The brothers Granado. Yeah. Wow. I yeah. I I never understood the the Tocket hype. Uh, he didn't do anything. He he coached a middling Arizona team for a couple of years. It, it he he doesn't bring any. I don't I don't understand it. He it, he technically didn't make the playoffs. Okay, you're the 12 seed. I can't think of a more like vanilla that's coach right. than Rich Rick Tockett. That's right. You know like, vanilla. Well, the Jack Capuano thing came up, right? They, oh they yeah. Acquired the, about interviewing Capuano. You know what? They're just doing due diligence for the sake of doing due diligence. I don't think they had any intention other than bringing Don Granado in to promote him to be the full-time head coach. Right. I think they just wanted to cross their T's, dot their I's, and make sure that Granado is their guy. So, yeah, I had no doubt. Towards the end, I was a little scared that they were going to, okay, it's the Buffalo Sabres we're, gonna t- we're talking about. They're going to mess this up. But, you know, yeah, they got Granado, and they're going to be a young team next year, and I'm really – Glad that they decided to go forward with him. Well, what a crazy two years it'll be for Don Granado. You go from fighting a disease, almost dying, almost you know? di- I don't, I forget what it was, uh, uh, pneumonia. Right, fighting pneumonia, uh, overcoming that, and then your buffoon of a coach goes on 18 game losing streak, makes a fool of himself in the media over and over. You get the interim gig. Still amazing. Magically. To think about how mm. it took 18 games for Ralph Kruger to get fired. I can't believe it. <laughs> well, see. What were they waiting for? Uh, I don't know if the Pagulas get games on their yacht in Florida. <laughs> maybe they don't. Maybe. Well, see, Joe, the, the purse strings are tight. I don't think the Pagulas are shelling out 250 bucks a year for NHL center ice. <laughs> That's just you can only gleam amazing. so much when your team is on the bottom of the page on NHL.com. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm glad it's Donnie Meatballs, and I loved the Twitter video where it was it was 
Granado's desk that said interim head coach, and as the camera panned over, you could see the plate of spaghetti and meatballs. Those are some big meatballs. Yeah. Those are Donnie meatballs. Those are fat. I don't know where those they got those meatballs. from. Maybe the, the Sabre chef made them, but those are some uh, big meatballs. Uh, I don't know if you're on Facebook or not, but in the video they posted, the plate of spaghetti and meatballs wasn't on the table. So maybe it was a tribute to Sabre's Twitter. Maybe. Because that's where it came from. Because or... the old people wouldn't get it. Yeah. Apologies if you're on Facebook. I don't know. Also, maybe they caved into the people saying it was anti-Italian discrimination oh. for whatever reason. I mean, I'm I'm half Italian. I, I think it's awesome. I don't know why people are taking offense I'm to it. but gonna... We're not going to get into that. Yeah. Okay. But, yeah. Don uh, Granado. Don Granado, baby. Yeah. Uh, and you know what? The Sabres have done some things that have really made me think. Oh, see, they, they know what we're saying on Twitter. They know what the people are saying, oh, yeah. right? They, they first do. of all, midseason, they used the term Rasmi. They did. The plural form of Rasmus. When you have many Rasmuses, they are they are a Rasmi. The Sabres have the Rasmi on their team. And then the, the meatballs. Maybe well, maybe the meatballs were uh, added in in post production. Could be. If maybe just, it wasn't even a real plate of spaghetti. Might not meatballs. have even been real ball, real real meatballs. <laughs> they could have saved some money. Mm, that's by right. Putting it in. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yes, very nice video. I am excited though, cause you know when the team is bad. Would you say on purpose? I, I mean, when they're when they're consciously bad right the team knows they're bad at least i feel like that's gonna be the way they're not tanking next year but like they're going in a new direction they are not setting many expectations i think the expectations aren't so much team wise it's player wise let's Mm -hmm. see some growth here from this guy that guy i Uh, think if the sabers finish in last place next year not many people i mean like some people are going to be saying oh we got to fire granado blah 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 but, like, what do you expect? Like, you can't fire Don Granado for the roster he's going to be given next season, assuming that Eichel and Reinhardt are traded. So, yeah, I think that's part of the reason why I think he's going to live out this contract because the next two years, like, they're going to be, like, bad and there's not going to be anything he can do about it. They're going to be a young team. And, yeah, maybe it's not going to be pretty, but – Maybe they're not going to be losing 5 nothing every game. Maybe it'll be 3-2. You're going to overtime a little more. You're going to start seeing more progress from the younger players. Maybe they'll have a slow start, and then kind of you'll see improvement as the season goes on. And maybe there'll be hope that it'll be good next season, 22-23. Who knows? But, yeah, that's just how it goes for a rebuild. And, you know, the rebuild never ended. It's rebuild part two, or part three, if you want to call it that. The uh, the games by default will be more entertaining too. Yes, but you because know, you have a coach that you don't hate, mm-hmm. that by default makes it more entertaining. You got younger players, so oh, you know what? I I wanted to talk about this. If you were, if you have any intention on going to games next season, would you rather spend your money on a team that it's the Sabres with Jack Eichel and Sam Reinhart, or would you rather 
be more enthused on going to a game where you're going to see Dylan Cousins, Erasmus Dalene, Owen Power, William Eklund, uh, the other return that you get, maybe another two or three young players, you get an Eichel and Reinhardt deals. Like, are you more interested in going to watch the Sabres team with Jack Eichel and Sam Reinhardt or a really young team? that we could be seeing next year? Which one are you more likely at, to at, go see? At this point, I'm more enthused to go watch a young team. Because, one, I, I, we've seen like Eichel Reinhardt teams for six years now, however long it's been, in five years. Uh, plus, well, just backing, backing up there, I think I don't, I don't want to stomach spending the however many dollars that you pay on the secondhand market for those tickets only to go and be consumed by the feeling of, wow, I wish I could watch these guys on a good team. You know, it, it would yeah. just be depressing at this point to go to a game and watch like going Reinhardt again. But if you're watching a young team, tickets are going to be cheap. Hopefully there's more promotions to get fans out to the games, which is unlikely. Yeah. <laughs> but I think... Uh, just going there to watch the young guys, going there just to take in the game, and also gives you a chance to enjoy watching the other teams. I think that's what I like True. to do. Uh, I think I get more, to see the royal blue jerseys in the flesh. That's correct. I am more inclined to do that than go and watch another season with mm-hmm. Eichel and Reinhardt. It's time. It's time to to stop the charade. I tend to agree. I think because like like you said, we've seen these teams. I think the novelty on Jack Eichel being worth the price of admission and, like, you tune in just to watch him is worn off for me at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not saying that he's a bad player. I don't like him anymore. Like, obviously, I wish things were different and they were able to ice a good team around him. And It's I've, not you, it's yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, I don't care. I'd like to see something new. Sometimes you just give me, get, give me the young blood. You get bored with the person that you're with. I wouldn't know because I've never been in a relationship. <laughs> but you got to move on and say, hey, you're a great player. Go be great someone else. Someone else yeah. deserves you, and you can go win with somebody. Because I, yeah, I, I can't give you that right now, Jack. I'm sorry, okay? <laughs> uh, uh, Darren Dreger, while we're on topic of Eichel, he was on the Instigators today. I didn't listen. I was at work. But apparently he said that the talk of Jack Eichel to the Anaheim Ducks is being overblown, which – I really hope it's not because I think the Ducks can offer the Sabres the best return possible mm-hmm. outside of the Kings, and they're apparently not interested anymore. So, thoughts? I'm still not counting the Kings out. I'm not buying it. I don't think I totally buy it either. I'm not counting anyone being out on this. I think it's it's a negotiation. I think people yeah. are trying to play – teams are trying to play the, oh, surgery, this, this, and that, attitude – Ten million dollars, it's flat cap. Like it's, it's leverage. Ja- it's Jack freaking Eichel. He's a top, top five, top ten center in the league. Well, what really surprised me was when that talk about the Blue Jackets came up. Yeah, and yeah. the Blue Jackets being involved. I think their offer was the fifth overall pick, either Alex Marchenko or Chinnikov, who was their first round pick last year. Uh, either. Who is it? Taxier or, yeah. or Andrew Peak? Andrew, Andrew Peak. Peak. Uh, 
and I think Merzlikens. Like that's it seems like a light offer. I mean, like mm. it's not terrible. Like you're getting a top five pick, two good, a good young player, a good prospect, and a fringe starting goalie. I mean, like that's not the end of the world if you got that, especially if you can get like William Eklund with that pick. But obviously, you want more. But yeah, hopefully the other offers are better than that. Seem I I wouldn't count the Blue Jackets out. I think I think if they decided, like, I think we talked about this on the last podcast or the podcast before. If they were like, here's five first round picks. I think the Sabres would take that. Yeah, I, I think so. A return like that is something that, I mean, that's the kind of trade that can change your franchise, yeah. right? I mean, like we're, you're talking, uh, Philly is apparently interested in Seth Jones. I think they have mm-hmm. the 15th pick, 15th or 17th pick. I'm not sure. But if they offer pick 15, 17, the Leafs pick, and the Lightning pick, and their first-round pick next year. That's a lot of scratch-off tickets. That would be such a Philly trade. I, I could totally see Philly getting Seth Jones. Yeah. Yeah. So Well, then the, all this resulted in that, that poor Columbus fan getting shellacked by Sabres fans on Twitter <laughs> because of his Seth Jones and oh, a yeah. first for Jack Eichel. No, it was Eichel in the first overall pick for Jones and, and, a, and a fifth round and pick and something, something else. Yeah, that poor guy. <laughs> that poor guy. I got in on the fun and the teasing, but oh my god, sheesh! Can't believe those people yeah. out there that exist like that that, that <laughs> think that way. But yeah, poor guy. Yeah, uh, Larry Larry Brooks of I think the New York Post. He reported in a piece the other day that. Uh, the Sabres are looking for four or more pieces worthy of, like, a first-round pick. Right, right. Like, that could be, like, a second-round pick last year that turned out to be, is like, a I don't know, late bloomer who is looking like, in a redraft, would be a first-round pick. Uh, Maxime Comtois. Like, that's what I'm talking about. Like, he was arguably the Ducks' best player last year, one of them at least. He was picked in the second round, now he's looking like a first-round pick. Something so like that. In general, in a redraft, a player that would go first. Someone that's worth a first-round pick. Right, right. So if we're talking about the Ducks, third overall, slash Trevor Zegras, Jacob Perro, uh, Comtois, Braden Tracy. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Something along those lines. And I'm sure value fluctuates because... The difference between a third overall pick and a 21st overall pick is very high. So maybe you get three pieces instead. I hope the Sabres are smart enough to realize that there's a difference there. Because, I don't know, maybe the Minnesota Wild are like, okay, here's pick 21-25 and a couple other, Philip Johansson, who they picked a couple years ago, Matt Boldy. I'm like, oh, no thanks. I like Matt Boldy, but those other pieces aren't that enticing to me also apparently the rangers are a little more hot on eichel now i don't know how i feel about that there's gonna be so many it sucks because like we don't we don't know until it really happens i don't i have a hard time believing anyone is is out at this point well no one should be out unless unless they're legitimately thinking that this guy will never be the same again because if you're getting like the Jack Eichel, like the injured Jack Eichel who we saw this season, I wouldn't want him. 
he was terrible this year. I mean, like, yeah, he was still one of Buffalo's best players, even though he was playing obviously injured. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't give up that much for him. But if assuming he comes back a hundred percent, he's worth whatever it takes. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, no, I think once we start to get a clearer picture of you know what teams rosters will look like coming into next season you know we got like once free agency gets around here and once the draft comes around is when the ground will really start shaking mm-hmm. a bit i well, think the, i think the expansion draft is was it the 21st or the 23rd i think it's the 21st it's, it's the 21st the and then dra- the entry draft is the 23rd is that that day in between june 22nd i think that's going to be the day you're going to start hearing real stuff about jack eichel I, I'm starting to think that he's not going to go before expansion because odds are a team that's trading for Jack Eichel isn't going to want to lose a better player because mm-hmm. Eichel is taking up an expansion draft spot, protection spot. Mm-hmm. And the Sabres are looking for futures. I think that's been reported as well. So if you're looking for futures, you're probably not getting a player that you're protecting. And it's worth noting, Maxime Comtois from the Anaheim Ducks not eligible for the expansion draft. Oh, wow. So that's huge. Mm. I don't know. Well, if I had to give three teams that I think are going to be the most in on Jack Eichel, I'd give it Anaheim, Vegas, and Minnesota. I think those are going to be the three teams. Also, I wouldn't count out the Washington Capitals. Really? I... I could see them as like a dark horse team that is like lurking in the shadows. No one's talking about because I think they have a couple really good prospects: Connor that, McMichael, Connor McMichael, <laughs> and Hendrix Lapierre. Yeah, and Evgeny Vanacek, Evgeny <laughs> Kuznetsov. Mm-hmm. The Sabers could get and then flip to another team like Columbus or Minnesota, right? Who need centers. So, I don't know. I wouldn't count out Washington Capitals. A team like that, like, that disappointed in the mm-hmm. playoffs, again. And Ovi, Ovi's getting up there. Maybe he takes a hometown discount. And they're like, okay, let's do this. I would be interested to see, in terms of their power play, what would happen. Eichel dishing the puck to Ovechkin? Right, Come you on. could do that. Uh, but you know, Eichel does the same thing with the Sabers. That that's his well, role. Before before Olafson. That's true. Got here. But yeah. But yeah, I mean, obviously, I could play either side. But yeah, putting him on the opposite side of Ovechkin, having Jack Eichel set mm-hmm. up the the Ov clapper to his office. Yeah. That could be scary, and I think Washington could really use a a third arm. If, if you will. Backstrom always shuts down in the playoffs, so that leaves it pretty much in the hands of Kuznetsov and Ovechkin at that point in whatever role player decides to step up, like Nick Dowd. But that that would be an attractive one, and like you said, there are there are pieces there. Yeah, you know. I think they've drafted pretty well the last couple mm-hmm. years, especially in the first round, to getting McMichael and Hendricks Lapierre with their first-round picks. Those would be really good pieces to add for the Sabres. Lapierre, I think if he... Didn't have injury problems. He's a top ten pick last year. It, it's it, it's hard to go against the the three teams that you listed. Yeah, um, but I wonder, did you see anything 
or hear anything about uh, Kirill Kaprizov possibly will he receive I offers? Think, I don't think he's going to go back to Russia from the KHL. I think it's just a negotiation tactic. Yeah, that's it's but, definitely a negotiation tactic, and I think that's no. going to be a reason why the Wild are going to make a push for Eichel. I really do. They're going to use I, him as a way yeah, to say. I listened back to our podcast the other day from a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about the Wild, and I'm going to say it again. If I'm Bill Guerin, Bill Guerin's an aggressive GM. We've seen this. Yes. I don't think he's going to be afraid. I think I feel like there's a pretty good chance Eichel's going to go to the Wild. I feel like he's going to say, hey, I got a chance to get a legitimate number one center. We just had... Like we all thought, the Wild were going to rebuild. Mm-hmm. For God's sake, I thought. Yeah, I thought they were. They go on a run. They give Vegas a run for their money. You, Kirill Kaprizov, finally comes over, wins the Calder Trophy, has a good year. You have a chance to bring in a real number one center to play alongside Kirill Kaprizov. You don't have any centers besides Joel Eriksson-Eck. who got some uh, Selkie votes. Yeah, actually, deservedly so. Mm-hmm. You bring in Jack Eichel. And you do whatever it takes to get Jack Eichel. You have Marco Rossi, and there's some concern there too, right? I, well, like we talked about the, um, the COVID a few issue, shows ago, the heart yes, condition. Correct. If correct. I'm Bill Guerin, I'm saying, you know what? There's a chance Marco Rossi becomes an All-Star level, Danny Briere like player at the NHL level. But there's also a chance maybe he doesn't reach that because of this condition. I'm even more willing to include him in the trade. And then you're talking about a Matt Boldy. You include him, too. You got two first-round picks this year. Screw it. You're getting Jack Eichel. If you're confident he can come back from this surgery, you're doing whatever it takes. And the Sabres, they're going to have to take on some salary in a Minnesota trade. I'm taking on Zach Parise. I'm taking on Victor Rask. I'm getting whatever to make get this deal done. I'm getting first-round picks, Rossi, Boldy, whatever it takes. In terms of teams that Eichel can go to and it'll have the most beneficial and immediate impact for that team, the Wild have got to be yeah. the team. Like American it, it, team too, he becomes the face like he's probably the face of the franchise. You, mm-hmm. I can imagine it now. Posters outside their arena, Jack Eichel, Kirill Kaprizov. Really? I mean, you're talking hockey hockeyville usa in minnesota yeah. and you have captain america on your team that would be that would be something special but eichel going to the wild i almost hope that's the destination because they become a top five must watch team yeah. in the league i mean you can't get much more electrifying well maybe you can if you look at colorado and tampa well they uh, got to compete with colorado too that's that's They're true in the same and division they are going to be at each other's throats the next couple of years and that's a good that's a good rivalry over the years they've had numerous playoff meetings a couple of uh you know mid-round meetings as well so that'll be awesome if they can really keep that rivalry going reignite it if you will but uh and ex- yeah they're going to need something to one get over the hump that is vegas if you get i mean that could probably be a um a matchup in the in the, the second round mm-hmm. uh in and, and two immediately it, you might match up with the avalanche too uh in the first round it's an if, arms race in the west it really, now that you're it really talking is about it really it. is because uh, vegas will probably be on eichel minnesota anaheim i'm sure la doesn't like the idea of vegas or anaheim getting their hands on eichel either because the pressure's on rob blake mm-hmm. the pressure's on 
Brian, uh, oh my God, Bob Murray, because he's in the final year of his deal. I just found that out the other day. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want to get fired. And like, you know, if, if you're a team like the Kings or the Ducks too, uh, by the time you're good, that's going to be right when Rannon and McKinnon are entering their primes. Right? I, I, I don't yeah. think they're they're in their they're two, not two two thirds. Yeah. Like two. They're just getting are, there. They're just getting there. Two thirds of that line are are not in their. Are not in their, their well. They might their lose Landeskog too. That's me. I I wonder if Landeskog takes a hometown discount like Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Well, I think you can count on McKinnon taking a yeah. hometown discount. He said, I, "You know what? I wouldn't." I, Landeskog probably wants to be an Avalanche lifer. He's been there through the thick of it. He probably takes a big discount, just like Nugent Hopkins. Hasn't he been their captain since he was nineteen? Yeah, or 20 he, years he was old. like one of the youngest captains mm-hmm. ever. So if Landis Cog takes like five million. McKinnon takes like seven million. Mm-hmm. You can keep your team together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're going to be yeah. Tampa West. But and now that we're going back to the Wild, needing centers, mm-hmm. Nugent Hopkins is off the board. Dano is probably the best center free agent. That leaves you Eichel and Kuznetsov. What other centers are going to be available? I don't know. If I'm the Wild, I'm shooting for I'm shooting for Jack Eichel. I think they're they make the most sense for a trade. I think Buffalo they want Anaheim, but I think logistically Minnesota makes the most sense. And 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 like you said, Bill Guerin is that kind of GM who yeah. everyone laughed at him earlier in the year for some of the trades he made. He's a rookie GM this year. Uh so he I mean, is the stall the, trade. We were like, mm-hmm. oh but like I'm I Johansson was injured. A lot of the yeah. season, and I Johansson guess there, there was no even... no clear winner there. Right, right. But I mean, Eric Stahl's the winner. I mean, he's, yeah, he's, he's in might the win, cup. might win the cup. Probably not, but no, he won't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, uh, he's exactly the kind of renegade outlaw GM. Uh, t- speaking of happen. outlaws, Vegas. Yeah, I th- I think Bill Foley is going to tell Kelly McCrimmon do whatever it takes, mm-hmm. and the cap is going to be an issue. I think they're going to have to shed Vesna winner Mark Andre Fleury in one way or another. I think if it's Ve- Vegas is not afraid of doing a three-way trade. I think if Eichel goes to Vegas, it'll be very creative. Mm-hmm. Maybe Pittsburgh will be involved in some way, shape, or form. Buffalo retains salary, sends them over to Pittsburgh. Buffalo and Vegas get some stuff. Mm-hmm. I think Vegas makes a lot of sense. I know people will think, oh, Vegas has nothing. They're a new team. They don't have prospects. Yes, they do. Peyton Krebs, who would have been a top ten pick if he didn't get an Achilles injury like a month before the draft. I love Peyton Krebs. I I think he's a better skating Sam Reinhart. That's wow. that's how that's, I. That's could, lofty praise. I've been, I've, that's that's been my comparison for Krebs wow. ever since his draft year. And uh, that Brisson is getting yeah, Brendan Brisson. Brisson. Brendan Brisson. Pat Brisson's son. Oh. Oh, yes. wow. I, for me, he'd have to be in it. I don't want Cody Glass. If we're talking Vegas prospects, has to be Peyton Krebs, Brennan Brisson, multiple first-round picks, Alex Tuck. Mm-hmm. I think Vegas can get it done if they want to. I love Alex Tuck. Maybe Riley Smith, too. You can flip him at the deadline for assets. Alex Tuck, he's he's... The player they need, I've been referencing this for years on the podcast, the Sabres need tougher players that can play hockey. Mm-hmm. Alex Tuck is a tough SOB, he, and he can skate. 
really well and he can score. Like this guy, like he would need to be in the trade. He 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 is a a Stanley Cup player. Yes. Right? He's exactly the kind of guy that you'd want on on your cup team. He mm-hmm. plays I think he plays mostly on Vegas's third line. Obviously I think they're, so. they're they're a powerful team and that's why they have lots of wingers. But uh no, exactly the kind of guy, like you said, he's physical, he gets in our team's face at the risk of sounding like a suburban hockey dad here, but he does do all that. Plus, I think the Sabres are going to need a team or need a player that can bring people to the games. He's a local boy. Yeah, uh, is he from the, Syracuse? Close enough. Is he from Syracuse? I thought he was he's uh, from New York. I thought I don't he was know. from like Jamestown or something. Or uh, I'll look it up. I thought he was uh, from Syracuse. But, but yeah, you need you need a, a a a product like that, a New York product that I think the fans can uh, can can get behind uh, and come out and and cheer for. I he's want, from Syracuse. He's from Syracuse. Yeah. Wow, I thought he was from like not Amherst, but like <laughs> somewhere relatively in Western. Lu- his brother played for the Junior Sabers. He got drafted That's by correct. Montreal last year. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I've wanted Alex Tuck since his draft year. Like, mm-hmm. he, I really wanted the city. Like, there was all this talk about Tim Murray trying to get another first round pick, and he was the guy I really wanted them to get, either him or Sonny Milano. But man, I if they can get him in an, an Eichel trade. Plus those prospects, plus some picks. I think you're winning. You're not winning, but like you're not getting killed. I think you don't want to get killed in the Eichel trade. You want to survive it because you're not winning it. I think if you get that return that I just said for from Vegas, I think you're surviving the Jack Eichel trade. Yeah, nobody's going to complain about that, especially if it's a couple of better name prospects and well there i think there are some people that will complain about any return that they get because yeah. there are some people that are like give me zegris third overall henrik john gibson this mm-hmm. this and that yeah. and that's not even enough like pe- some people are out of their mind mm-hmm. but like they're they're not going to get a whole lot they're not going to get the haul they would have gotten a year ago if they tried to do this which in hindsight they probably should have you know, the Rangers weren't even going to give them the number one pick last year. That was off the table. There's too many things that are off the table in a Jack Eichel trade. I think it's ridiculous. Yeah, you know, there are. There are. I think it, it's, it's stop trying to swindle us when you want our superstar player, our top 10 NHL player. Darn it. Yeah. I mean, I'm even not top 10, but. Top 10 center. You know, like, the, that's, that's. Players are so good nowadays that it is absurd that Jack Eichel might arguably be a top yeah. twenty, top ten player. But yeah, um, beside the point. Shifting gears to the draft, uh, John Vogel was doing a live chat for the Athletic today, and one of the questions was about the draft. He said that Terry Pagula really likes Owen Power, which I hate that we're still talking about. Terry Pagula's evaluations on players. He, he's like the the Wizard of Oz, or like you know, the, the, he's the guy behind the curtain now. The green behind the, yeah. the you got to peel back the curtain. He's there. How many times are we gonna keep hearing that Terry Pagula is gonna ease back? Yeah, inter- interfere. And then we keep hearing this stuff. Mm. I don't understand. Like I forget. I think it was in Lance Lysowski's piece a couple weeks ago, or it might have been last week, how Pagula requested to be in the scouting meeting to hear about the top 50 prospects in the draft. Like, why do you need to be there? 
Your opinion is irrelevant, mm-hmm. Terry. Literally. Yeah. We don't need your opinion on draft prospects. You don't know anything. Your opinion is completely irrelevant. The only thing relevant about the team that we need you for is your wallet. Yeah, That is it. I don't understand why he can't just sit back. Shouldn't it be enough for his ego to say, I own the team that I grew up watching, that I grew up rooting for, right? My favorite players, the French Connection, uh, played for them. Now I own it. I'm going to sit back, be a fan. I have all the power, but I'm going to let all these other guys, you know, run it for me. You do your stuff. You do your job. Uh, you know, I'm not going to interfere. I, right? I, I own the team that I rooted for. Anything else doesn't matter. Shouldn't that be enough? Yeah. And maybe maybe he's just listening in. Maybe he just wants to know. Maybe he just but wants to know. But if he's like, like, hey, I really like this Owen Power kid, do whatever you can to pick him. Well, and obviously, That's different. you heard about the thing of where he wanted 30 seconds uh, briefings on the top like 50 or so yeah. prospects, mm-hmm. right? I think that's funny because like someone explained on someone explained 30 seconds is enough to say the kid's name, what he, team he plays for. He played for Brandon. He's six foot five. Stop right there. Yep. Yep. Six mm, foot six five. five okay. You say, oh, jot that down here. <laughs> Your eraser sounds, uh, yeah. but I'm sick and tired of hearing that Terry Pagula likes this player. Right. Oh, Cody Eakin, you say? Mm. I remember watching him in the Stanley Cup Final five years mm. ago. See, Mister, he, he, you know, he <laughs> does his evil billionaire voice. See, Mister Scout Man, which one of these boys here reminds you of Cody Eakin? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Mister Pagula. Uh, uh, Nobody, because Cody John Eakin, Smith in the seventh round. Cody Eakin would not be pro, uh, projected to be a second-round pick. Well, you see, hmm. Mike Harrington said that we need to be tougher to play against. Mm. Who can who can make us tougher to play against? Hmm. Why don't you go out there and get me one of those Tom Wilsons, hmm, Mr. Scoutman? Mr. Pagula. I mean, Going back to John Vogel, the yes. second part of that uh, answer to the question about the draft was the Sabres are very high on the Michigan players. Is, uh, they All they could afford in their TV, in their scout package, was Big Ten Sports Network. <laughs> and they only watched Michigan games. <laughs> so uh, he said Owen Power will be the pick, and as we have, as it has been reported on many occasions, they're trying to get back in the top ten, so Vogel is speculating they're trying to chase either Matthew Beniers or Kent Johnson, and then briefly Twitter exploded at the thought of Kent Johnson being picked third overall by the Sabres if they get that pick from the Ducks. Me included. I like Kent Johnson. I like Kent Johnson with the eighth or ninth pick. (laughs) I don't like Kent Johnson with the third pick, with William Eklund on the board. I am co-chair of the William Eklund fan club, (laughs) um, which a lot more people are on board with him which I love. Um, <laughs> the, yeah. uh, the the hockey community doesn't normally have a good relationship with people named Eklund. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Very true. But back to Johnson. I wrote a report on him for the Charging Buffalo Draft Guide. He's a good player. Like I don't he's not very good defensively. But I think he can be an effective top six player at the NHL level. I don't. He's not going to be a center. I see him more as a left winger. 
But is there any relation to Ryan Johnson? No. Okay. No. They're both on Michigan Row, right? No, is, Johnson's on Minnesota. Ryan okay. Johnson's on Minnesota. Wow. Yeah, Kent Johnson. He he's one of the older players in the draft too, mm-hmm. which usually I would like to steer clear of the older players. But like Marco Rossi was one of the older players last year, and I wanted him more than Air. Um. But he played in the BCHL, I believe, for Trail Smoke, and he was, like, the leading point scorer. That's a sick name. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he was the leading point scorer in the league by, like, 30 points. Wow. And I was like, oh, who's this guy going into the season? And he was a player that was kind of on my radar because I didn't expect the Sabres to be the worst team in the league. And that's the kind of difference that, like, even though the BCHL is the second tier of yeah. Major junior Canadian. I mean, that's a big enough difference where it's like, okay, this yeah. kid is. So then he goes to college. Deal. There's no fears there. Uh, a lot of people think he's the product of veneers and being on a good team. I don't think he's a product of being on a good team. My issue with Johnson is the his ceiling is like dominant offensive force. He's a very skilled player. Like as far as skill goes, he's probably top two in the draft class. But I don't think his defensive game is good enough where you can, like, if he doesn't get to that level, you can put him on a bottom six role. His ceiling is either, like, all-star, and his floor is, like, dynamic AHL player. Mm -hmm. So, like, yeah, I don't know. It's tough. I wouldn't pick him third overall. I would love him, like, eighth or ninth if they get another first-round pick there, but not third overall. And then Lance Lysowski, like less than an hour later, comes out, says he's hearing from his sources that William Eklund is the player that the Sabres view in the highest regard when it comes to the forwards. So I love that. I love William Eklund. I think he's the best player in this draft. I think the Sabres should pick him with the number one pick and not look back. And I said it yesterday. I think... He's going to be the SHL scoring champion for 21-22. I think he's going to be amazing at the World Juniors if he's eligible. I'm pretty sure he's eligible. He wasn't able to play. I think he's going to be on the World Junior All-Star team. He's going to be the SHL scoring champion while playing at the World Juniors, too. Elias Pettersson-esque, okay. if you will. Okay. And he's going to be like future watch, number one prospect, all the scouting lists next summer are going to have him as the best prospect outside the NHL. And then he's that player that's going to be on the Anaheim Ducks when we're talking about maybe Jack Eichel doesn't get traded. They're going to be like, oh, yeah, William Ackland's not for sale. You can't have him. That is the reason why I would rather have the third overall pick and draft William Ackland than Trevor Zegers. I think the third overall pick is cheaper from a trade value perspective, than what William Eklund is going to be valued as 12 months from now. That's my opinion. Mm-hmm. Now you can take that for what you want. I think I'm right. <laughs> you can come, Joe, I will take your word for it. You can come back at me 12 months from now and tell me I'm insane. I don't know. I'll take it. I, take- I, I will die on this hill. William Eklund is going to be the best player in this draft three years from now. I take your word for it. Because you have dedicated your life to scouting these players. And you are the first person I would go to with a question 
about a 15 year old kid yeah <laughs> but um no i mean when i see when i when i got all fascinated with connor bedard i immediately came to you and started yeah. telling you his all dad's a lumberjack wild facts his dad's a lumberjack Spends seven hours a day felling trees, drives those into the middle of British Columbia for four hours, then drives back four hours. That's a 15-hour workday. He does that every day. He's a blue-collar kid. Unbelievable. He'll fit right in. He'll fit right into the Buffalo narrative. You know, you mm-hmm. strap on your boots, your blue-collar job, you... Go eat a bowl of nuts and bolts for yep, breakfast yep, yep. and you, uh, you, carry on with your day. You bring your lunch pail to work then and, uh, you know, you put, put your hard hat on. You put your hard hat on pick yourself up by the bootstraps. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tim Murray said that in his introductory press conference. <laughs> I think he said you pull up your bootstraps. It's so easy to be a hockey guy. <laughs> you know, like, if the qualifications were just spew nonsense, I think we'd be great at it. You want to hear more nonsense? Yes. Uh, I saw a tweet earlier that the Sabres did not have not talked to Owen Power yet. <laughs> well, I, I mean, it's a, the draft is less than a month away. That's less than a that's month. shocking. And theoretically, it should be easier when you're just doing it all. Excuse all me. All virtually. When you're just doing it all virtually over Zoom. I'm trying to find the tweet. But it, it you know, it's that's what's kind of demoralizing as well is that. It's just been so negative about budget cuts, and a lot of those budget cuts are affecting the scouting department. So anytime you hear something like this, you immediately think, well, do they even have any scouts? Do they have people who are truly on top of this? Like, are there actually people doing their job there and trying to contact this kid? Or are we just assuming he knows that he's the first overall pick and there's no point in contacting him? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. But, like, also part of me is, like, Okay, they have Eklund as their number one prospect for forwards, apparently. So he's probably number two on their list, unless they have, like, Hughes or Edvinson or Clark ahead of him. Right. Plus, it's not a Connor McDavid where you definitely don't have to talk to the guy. Yeah, (laughs) but you still want to. You probably should. Okay, I have it. It's from Bailey Johnson. I've never heard of this person. Uh, From Smot Scouting. Uh Looks like that's she, where Paul Paul Zook yeah, uh, does some stuff yes. for them. Also does some work for Michigan Daily. Proof that scheduling interviews with NHL teams is tricky in the Zoom world. Own power hasn't met with Buffalo and isn't sure when it'll happen. So that's interesting. Well, that might. I mean, it might be. You know, uh, protocols within the Sabres building, too. I mean, yeah, who maybe, knows? maybe they all want to be in the room and don't yeah. want to all be virtual or something like mm-hmm. that. So uh, maybe that for what you will. They might be waiting until everybody in the organization is available to be there. Maybe they're going to draft William Eklund. I don't know. Like, we haven't heard anything that they're definitely going to. Like, this is the first piece of information, this Eklund stuff from Lance, Mm -hmm. from the Buffalo News, that the Sabres really like this player. But according to John Vogel, they also like the Michigan guys. Mm -hmm. So I, I think I tend to trust Lance more than... The Buffalo News? Well, not not what he is with the Buffalo News. John Vogel yeah. with The Athletic. So, I don't know. Take take that for what you will. Maybe it's a sign that they're just incompetent. Maybe it's a sign that they're going to go with Eklund. I hope they go with Eklund. Mm-hmm. I'm going to die on that hill. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Did you see that the Blackhawks are exploring a trade for uh, Duncan Keith? Yes, I did. To the Pacific Northwest. Um, I mean, I, I, I didn't... Is he still... 
a hot commodity. I mean, no. obviously he's a serviceable. He's thirty seven. Right, thirty seven years old. He's making five million. Is he from Western Canada or know. something? Because I don't be. know why a team like Vancouver, when you already have Tyler Myers who moves like he's thirty seven, on your team, Calgary would be strange. Because I, my they're kind of in that Minnesota Seattle. Spot. Mm-hmm. They're gonna do them a favor, right? Well, I mean, Chicago is in turmoil right he's now. He's from Winnipeg or so, Manitoba. Oh, well, from, that's Western. Yeah, Canada. he's from Winnipeg. That would be an he's interesting five one. Five and a half million bucks for two more years. Uh, I wonder if the Jets could pull something off there because everybody knows defense is their Achilles heel. I think they could certainly use. My, my veteran also went to Vancouver. Jonathan Taves is playing again next year. That came out today. Mm-hmm. Good and for him. Yeah, good for him. It sounded like he's had a tough year. Mm-hmm. But my mind went to, okay, maybe Vancouver gives Chicago the ninth pick for Duncan Keith. They're, I don't think they're going to get that much. But does the ninth pick and the 11th pick plus, like, Doc – Move the needle at all for Buffalo. Two top 11 picks in Kirby Dock for Jack Eichel. Oof. Chicago's been rumored to be in the mix. Not for me. Really? Yeah, no, because my mind changes every day with this Eichel thing and what I really want. But I think the more you talk about getting assets that you can flip for more stuff, like players that you can flip for more assets down the line, kind of generate, kind of moving towards that frame of mind uh, where I almost prefer that good stuff that you could turn into other stuff. Uh, and that doesn't grant you the opportunity to do that. Yeah. yeah. I like Kirby doc though. I, I want futures too. I want yeah. future picks, but again, you got to pick and choose. You aren't going to get eight pieces. Give me for Jack third Eichel. overall. They're twenty twenty two first. Uh, Jacob Perot and Maxime Comtois call it a day. I hope it's Anaheim, but talking about it, I like Minnesota. I like Vegas. I like LA. I you can talk me into Washington. Mm-hmm. What's Evgeny Kuznetsov's value around the league? What do you think you can get for him from a Minnesota or a Columbus? I don't know, cause I, Kuznetsov. He's got term. He does. He's got issues there, though. That's right. It's it's the issues. I don't know if he's always been the best regular season performer as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, his best game is really in the playoffs. playoffs. I wonder if Minnesota will be after, you know, go with the Russian center to play with Kaprizov. Mm-hmm. That would be interesting. Yeah, so I can be talked into Washington. I'm sure you can talk me in a couple other teams. I think we went through this last week. Philly, what do you think about Philly? They've been connected a little bit. Philly makes sense. They're always in it's, on they, they They have a lot of like roster players. that uh, Joel Farabee. Right. Konechny. Mm-hmm. Is, uh, is, is York? Cam York? Cam is York. He, uh, he's one of their guys, yeah. right? Yeah, so... Uh, I mean Nolan Patrick. If you want to, throw I him think in the Nolan mix. Patrick is going to Vegas. I think it's mm-hmm. good. I tweeted it out a few days ago, but Nolan Patrick for Cody Glass just makes so much sense. Might be a good replacement, so you don't have Patrick Brown playing. Yeah, in the Kelly line. McCrimmon was uh, Nolan Patrick's GM in Brandon. 
Mm-hmm. Might have been, yeah, he might have been like a GM coach too. I don't know, but I know he was a GM there. He's going to go to Vegas. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's a foregone conclusion. It's Cody Glass for Nolan Patrick. It's happening. I don't want Nolan Patrick in the Jack. I, I, I don't want Cody Glass in the Jack Eichel trade, and I'm not interested. They have Casey Middlestad already. We don't need another reclamation project. <laughs> if we're talking, yeah, again, prospects from Vegas give me uh, Krebs and Brisson. I'll take that. And then that's, that's Amore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think the drop-off from Peyton Krebs to, uh, from Trevor Zegers to Peyton Krebs, isn't that astronomical? Hot take. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. I didn't have them that far apart. When I go back to my 2018 rankings, I don't think it was that much of a difference. I like Peyton Krebs. Did Krebs play last year any games in the NHL? Uh, he played this year a little bit. Okay. He might have had another injury. I'm not sure. But he was he played in the WHL, played in the AHL. He didn't get any playoff games. but Okay. Yeah, you, Peyton Krebs is good. Yeah. Center slash wing. No, I remember him being the real deal talk the town kind of before his draft year then the Achilles injury he was the number one pick number one pick to the Kootenai Ice mm-hmm. we're also where Sam Reinhart played mm-hmm. maybe that's where I got my you're right yeah my comparison saw him in an ice jersey and uh immediately Sam Reinhart flashed through your mind yeah mm-hmm. uh yeah he played for Henderson this year as well did he play in the world juniors this year too he did yeah he played for the world juniors Captain of the Winnipeg Ice, 43 points in 24 games. Played four games with Vegas, five games in Henderson in AHL. Five points in five games for Henderson. Eight points in seven games at the World Juniors. Krebs is a blue-chip prospect. I don't think people are talking about him nearly enough. I think Vegas has the pieces to get Jack Eichel. Easily. And I know people aren't talking about Vegas. People are groaning about Vegas. And I think they make a lot of sense. If they can... Like I said, if they can do like a three-way trade, f- ship Flurry out back out to Pittsburgh, and then you, like you trade Riley Smith for something, like yeah, you're giving up a lot of future, but you're getting Jack Eichel, and you know what he turns you into. They're already a cup contender. He turns them into a cup champion. He does, yeah. Well, uh, Vegas is going through that stage where they're disappointing. They're losing. So they can learn how to win. Yeah. Almost. And, uh, you know, it's hard to think of. uh, Maybe it's like the Red Wings going out, getting Brendan Shanahan, and then they win two cups in a row. I think he was on those 97, 98 teams. But it it happens often where teams go out and get that one last final piece, and that winds up being the difference, whether that be homegrown talent or – uh, trading for a guy. Um, but, I mean, it, it was almost Vegas this year with Petrangelo. Yeah. And maybe they're just one more forward away, right? They got one more defense guy. Uh, but maybe they're one more forward away from getting over they're that. They're losing you know? Alec Martinez, too, probably. Mm-hmm. They're still in very good shape, though, uh, with Shea Theodore and Petrangelo as the, the face. They got Nick Hague, who's going to have a more important role. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zach White Clouds Young, and uh, Nick Holden. Nick Holden has been is there pretty good as yeah. well. Uh, yeah, like you said, White Cloud 
too, was uh, a good contributor for them. Hmm. Uh, Keegan Colasar, too. I th- is he a defenseman? No, or is he's, he, he's, is, a, is he a center? He's a winger. A winger, a winger yeah. Um, I never realized that Vegas gave up a second and a third for him before they even played. It was, like, right after expansion. Well, he, he turned into quite the player uh, this year, but, I mean, on the fourth line. Yeah. But uh, William Carrier is still there. Mm-hmm. I'd take him back. I would. I would <laughs> in a heartbeat. But would he have the same impact on a losing yeah, team? Not. He has a clear-cut, defined role <laughs> on that There's Stanley not Cup many contender. players on that Vegas team that are still there from the expansion draft. Right. And, man, if you go through the Wikipedia of the expansion draft and look at the picks – you would have no idea that they built a juggernaut out of that. Because yeah. obviously they picked guys. Well, remember, they, the picked, they, they also traded some guys right after, too, like Schlemko, Mark mm-hmm. Mathot, mm-hmm. Uh, Pickard. They lost on waivers, I think. Mm-hmm. Or they traded him. I don't remember. But like the only noteworthy names that they actually drafted that actually contributed were uh, – Mark Andre Fleury obviously was one. Well, Pittsburgh gave them a second round pick to take Fleury. And then who did Florida traded them Marcuso and Smith to protect Petrovic? Was it? Yes. That is just it's a miracle. Florida is a good team right now. Mm-hmm. Well, imagine like if they still had those guys. <laughs> uh, then Minnesota. I mean, what did Minnesota do? Minnesota. Wanted to protect. They didn't want to like lose Scandella for nothing. Who did who did they have at the time? That Suter, Suter Brodeen, Dumba. Dumb, it was Dumba. Dumba S- might have been exempt. I'm not sure. Spurgeon. Spurgeon. Like they had they had guys. They probably didn't want to lose one of them. Uh, so they were like, hey, here's Alex Tuck and Eric Halla. <laughs> yeah. Don't take one of those guys. Uh, Columbus was like, here's William Carlson. And a first-round pick. I don't think teams are going to let that happen again. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, I think the first-round pick was Nick Suzuki. Mm-hmm. I forgot which one it was. The Islanders gave them a first-round pick to protect their defenseman, which at the time looked ridiculous. But, like, knowing what we know now, Adam Pellick is really good. Uh, who else made the ridiculous side trades? Anaheim was like, hey, take Clayton Stoner's contract. You can right. have Shea Theodore. Right. And what was the deal with Arizona? Because uh, they got a nobody from uh, Arizona. Palkinen. Timu right. Palkinen. Right. And why? who did Arizona protect there? I don't remember. Palkinen was like kind of like a hot waiver wire name for mm-hmm. a while. Well, I probably wanted to protect like Christian Fisher or yeah. Lawson Krause. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm excited for the expansion draft. It's going to be a fun fun few weeks as we approach. I definitely want to get Curtis on or Austin or both. Mm-hmm. Have a joint podcast. Absolutely. Try and sneak them into the studio. Yeah. Underground. Mm-hmm. That'll be fun. So, yeah. Good show today. Good show. Good show. It was uh, good to be back here. Uh, I think we have a plan now, of course. Uh, this is going to be the latest we put out a show. Uh, get Maybe. used to it. Uh, yeah, get used to it. But, I mean, hey, you know what? Download it. Here's what you do, right? I mean, if you got this far, you're not doing this now. But uh, 
hopefully people will see this, say, ooh, a nice, a beefy hour, 15-minute podcast. Let me put that on during work tomorrow. I have something to look for. I have, I, I can look forward to burning an hour of work listening to these guys. Yeah. And if, if you do that, thank you very much. Uh, that is um, a pleasure, and I'm honored if we are part of your work day. That's awesome. Of course, uh, as the draft goes on, keep your eyes glued to the Charge Buffalo Twitter feed. I don't necessarily contribute it to it. My <laughs> role, my role is, I'm firmly entrenched in just doing the podcast here. But uh, the other guys do fantastic work. So keep your eyes peeled for the draft guide. That's true. That's it's true. Going to be good. Um, it's free too. It is free. It is free. You're getting quality, quality content for free. A lot of these people charging twenty, thirty bucks. You're getting the for Charging Buffalo Draft Guide for free, emailed to you in a PDF. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, go star on OnlyFans while you're at it, okay? <laughs> you distribute it on there. Yeah, so keep your eyes peeled for that. Mm-hmm. Again, follow the Charging Buffalo on Twitter and Instagram. Big few weeks ahead. Definitely want to do that. You can follow us on Twitter as well, JoeTCBNHL. That's me. Luke's at LVKETCB. Also, follow our prospect coverage on Instagram at future of the 716 go check out the other charging buffalo affiliated podcast too the saber metrics podcast and also the new future of the 716 podcast both of them are also on twitter give them a follow part of what i like to refer to as the charging buffalo podcast network yes Mm -hmm. it's there finally it's there yep Yep. All right. If you enjoyed, let us know. Leave us a review. You can find the podcast on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. If you leave us a review, that'd be really nice. Say some kind words, hopefully. Five-star review. You get a free high five. Yeah. If you enjoyed, let us know. We'd love to start a conversation on Twitter. And we will be back next week. Well, you know, just one more thing. Leaving a five-star review is free. It's generous. And you don't even have to get your pee pee slapped. Oh my god! Right. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to incorporate who let, that. Who let Tim Murray into the room? <laughs> I'll tell you what. We got to get him in the room. It's gonna happen. I'm telling you. By hook or by crook, we will have Tim Murray on this podcast, and we're gonna leave it at that. We hope you enjoyed, and we'll be back next week for another episode of the Charging Buffalo Podcast.